It's been 161 days since Breonna Taylor was murdered, and her killers are still free. This is Surviving America. I'm your host, Kristen Fulton, and I'm so happy to have you listening today. Thank you so much for coming back. I appreciate your listening ship i know that's not a word but i made it up i appreciate you just tuning in taking the time and joining me for another episode of uh surviving america because y'all we are surviving for real (laughs) it's no laughing matter but seriously we're surviving for real out here all right Y'all, it has been a week. I don't know about you, but I am feeling the, I don't know, the ramifications of this week, if that makes sense. I'm feeling it a lot. And actually, I have to shout out to some beautiful black women who yesterday reminded me that I have to be present in this moment, do the internal work, cleanse, and then move forward. I feel like as things start to reopen, for those of us who are reopening safely, shout out to New York, (laughs) those of us who are reopening safely, if we immediately jump in the way in which we were going before, we will have gone through all of this for nothing. Because as I walk outside, as I take bike rides, as I go to stores like the supermarket or to a restaurant to pick up some food, I'm wondering... Do black lives still matter? And that's a real question. Because I'm looking at folks and they are out here living their best lives. And I'm like, you do realize black people are still being gunned down by the police like is no big deal. You do realize black people are still suffering from the injustices of systemic racism every second of every day and y'all are out here like it's no big deal just because all of a sudden it's nice outside it's summer Ooh, we get to go out because the numbers are low but i'm like do black lives still matter to y'all do they still matter because i can't tell this election you know has dominated the news cycle and so i'm like do black lives still matter because i still can't tell So that's just a real question for anyone out there who is an ally who might be listening. I'd like you to ask yourself and ask your loved ones, ask your friends, ask your co-workers, do black lives still matter? Because I don't think the black people can feel from y'all that black lives still matter. I could be wrong. So if there are some black folk out there who disagree with me, hit me up on Instagram, Survive in America podcast. Let me know. Let me know if I'm wrong, but I'm just, I'm, I'm questioning that. So I want to put that out there because this is about how we as people, as black people, survive this country. And one of the ways we survive, and as I've mentioned before, thrive, is by continuing to do the work, whether or not our allies are doing it with us. But I digress. (laughs) Listen, y'all, I have a packed show for you today. Again, I am back as promised, with part two of my interview with my Aunt Dolores. But before we get into that, I want to give you all a high five. So what am I reading? All About Love by Bell Hooks. Still in the book. What has inspired me this week? Michelle Obama's DNC speech. Did y'all hear it? Did y'all read it? Did y'all watch it? And if, if the answer to any of those questions is no, 
Shame on you. Not really, but shame on you. Um, a song that gives me life. Ain't No Way by the Queen of Soul, Aretha Franklin. One thing I want in reparations, free tuition at every HBCU, whether or not it's public or private. And something I am grateful for is community. Thank you so much to my community. Family, friends, associates. Community is so important. So that's my high five, y'all. If you want to give me a high five, make sure you make a little Instagram video, tag me in it on, we'll tag Survive in America podcast in it, and let us know about your high five. All right, y'all, let's get into a hot topic. It is a hot topic for all hot topics. So someone decided to deface one of the billboards that demand justice and remind us daily that Breonna Taylor was murdered 161 days ago and the people who murdered her are still walking around free. Yeah, someone decided to defame that billboard. Luckily, because Oprah got that good money, it was taken care of by the next day, I believe. But what the hell? I mean, seriously. We are we are we are living in times in which in which uh, the racism is just it's not shameful. Remember those days and I only remember like a smidgen of them, but remember those days when like people were ashamed to be racist? Like they hid under you know hoods and stuff. They did things behind closed doors. They were afraid to be caught in public, yelling a slur, saying a bad thing. It was just really bad. So distasteful. Remember those days? Whatever happened to those days? Because this new moment in which racism is proudly, you know, flaunted and showcased for the world is just mind-blowing. I miss the people who are ashamed to be racist I know, I know, I know what I just said. I know what I just said, but I'm just saying. Because even those people, and I say this because those people knew, because they were ashamed of it, they knew that they were wrong. On some level, whether or not they admitted it to themselves or their family, they knew they were wrong. This new wave of racism, these people don't think they're wrong. And so when we see a black woman who was brutally murdered still not receiving justice any form of it and then a billboard in support of her life in support of her death not being ignored when that billboard is defaced y'all pray just pray because what do we do with that how do we change those hearts and those minds I don't know. I don't. And it worries me that this is the moment that we're in because that means we have taken so many steps back. And that means the work of our ancestors, my ancestors, my grandparents and great-grandparents and great-great-grandparents, the work of all of those people is being erased No, that can't happen. That can't happen. So 
We need a way to change hearts and minds. I don't know what that way is just yet, but as we continue to fight the fight, you know, I'm a little internet troll sometimes. I just write in the comments factual things so that people understand and know. Actually, that's not how that happened. I just write, you know, a couple of notes, some lines that are facts. I don't put any of my opinion on it, no sauce, just facts. Because maybe someone will read it and think, oh, well, I guess I didn't know that. Mm. They'll be pissed at first, but it'll just, you know, sneak in there and hopefully spread like a good antidote to racism. All right, y'all, let's get into these church announcements. Yes. Just a reminder for you. And I'm going to put on my, my fake old lady voice. A reminder for you. The census deadline is September the 30th now. Make sure you head on over to 2020census.gov and complete your census form. And I tell you if, you, if you are an undocumented citizen, they ain't asking about your citizenship now. So just head on over there and complete your census before September 30th. Days is creeping up on us. Also, remember y'all, the election is still November 3rd. You're not just voting for president. You're voting for lots of other people. So make sure you are registered. Make sure you have a voting plan that you have requested your absentee ballot. If you are voting by absentee ballot and when you get it, put it right back in the mail that same day. I don't care if the post office pickup ain't till tomorrow. Put it in the mail that same day. And if you're heading to the polls like I am, then make sure you go early. And if you have early voting, make sure you go early voting days because we can't afford for people to be waiting to the last minute for this one, y'all. We can't afford it both nationally and locally. Definitely locally because that's where the real change happens. And if you are unfortunately out of work right now and you need a little cash, you can head over to powerthepolls.org and learn how you can become a poll worker. Get some information, sign up, become a poll worker because normally the polls are worked by our um, elderly, our seniors, our wise people. But this time, because of Rona, they can't get out there, but you can. And finally, y'all, I say this every single week, coronavirus is real. It is so real that 170,000 plus people have lost their lives. So make sure you wear a mask, keep your distance, and still practice good hygiene by washing your hands, which you should have been doing all along anyway. And remember, just because it's open don't mean you have to go. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know who that woman is, but clearly somebody that I know from my life, maybe, or maybe a combination of women from my life. I don't know. That concludes our church announcements, y'all. Let's get into this interview. I am back with part two of my interview with my great aunt Dolores. Let us step on over into it because you know I already started the conversation. So tell me what it was like a bit of like being in, I think I'll preface this by saying 
we are, a lot of us are paying attention to the news a lot more, so we're tuned into what's happening around the country a lot more than we were probably even last year. And we're noticing divides everywhere, even stronger divides than there were before. And one of the things that I'm very interested in is what it means to still be um, a resident of the South with everything that's going on right now. I wonder what it was like for you living in the South, you know, as you were growing up. What, I mean, what was that experience? Um, living in the South as I was growing up, as I first said, well, we, um, we had, um, um, are you, uh, it's been living in the South now or living in the South then, or comparison? I guess a comparison, because I feel like there's some things, you know, I, I talked to my cousins who were in Georgia, and they say, you know, things are the same as it probably was years ago. Well, uh, I would say there are some things that are still the same uh, with some people. Hmm. Because I would say, you know, uh, Life back then uh, with with uh, segregation was a was a thing. Period. But now people are given the choice, and they're not afraid of the Klan and whatnot like they was then. You know, even if they didn't approve then, uh, they wouldn't they, for fear of their own family life. They wouldn't speak up against it. Hmm. But as you notice, when um, when the George Floyd incident happened a few weeks ago, we we saw um, people of different colors that were you know that were saying Black Lives Matter, and so I would not say because I lived back then, so I would not say that it be a, it is the same. Now, for a new generation, maybe they feel the same because they had not really lived in the things that they hear of. Right. You know? So, to them, it's no different, you know, um, in, in the 2000 or 19, uh, you know, uh, like it is then, you know? So, uh, what will have to happen for them to really see a difference would be for them to see something unusual to what they are used to seeing. Hmm. You know. Yes. So if you not if you if you had never had to sit in a certain section in the doctor's office, had never had to, um, you know, uh, stop side the road to use, you know, the bathroom. The, to, to, to take care of your emergency, or if you uh, had never had to um, go around to a side window, you know, to order from a restaurant, and you're paying the same money, mm. then you won't know that there is a difference. Right. You know? And if you had never lived wherein you didn't have the right to vote, then you don't know now that there's a 
you know, traveling from Miami to New Jersey, wherein we had to ride certain roads and um, pass certain stations. Um, you know, if you stopped to get by their gas, you couldn't use their bathroom. Not if they didn't have a sign saying colors only. So you would have to have lived in that time in order to see that things are different. Right. Do, do you remember where you were when um, the Civil Rights Act was, Act was passed and black folks did get the right to vote? Do you remember what that felt like and, you know, the, the feeling in the, in the world or in America, at least for black America, during that time? Uh, yes, I mean, um, it was at, at a time when I was, uh, I, well, I was in, uh, in a, 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 an adult age uh, at time for, uh, I, I forgot what the age were you had to, where you could register to vote. And, um, but I, I know now the age has dropped. It is, it is, it is lower now. You know, you don't have to be as old to register the vote now as you was then. And it was a, a great accomplishment, you know, especially during the Martin Luther King March and, you know, the Civil Rights Movement and, you know, the Malcolm X time. Uh, those were the beginning of our, you know, heroic time. And I thought it was just, you know, exciting. Then, you know, then they started to assassinate these people, you know. We know that, that, that uh, JFK first and then Martin Luther King and then uh, 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 the other Kennedy brothers, you know, all of this started to happen and um, all because of civil rights. Hmm. And, you know, so all of these things were, were things that, yes, we were excited at, at the moving, but then there was so much, um, you know, sadness in between there, you know. Right. Because there were, there were people that we loved because of what they stood for and um, whatnot. But then, you know, once we brush ourselves together and, kept on, you know, pushing it from year to year to year, then, you know, uh, we we did see some changes because we see where we have more black people who were able to get into the Senate and, you know, uh, and different things. And, 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 you know, and we had a, a black president and, uh, you know, great accomplishments. So anybody that don't see some changes or don't see, you may not see all you, you want to see, but then, you know, I can't see. I don't see any. Right. Did you think that you would ever see a black president? No, I sure didn't. I mean, we had hope, but I sure didn't see it. Did you, even when um, President Obama, after he got the nomination, did you think it would actually happen? I mean, I remember exactly I was in my dorm room with my friend Tayshawn we were watching it and I was nervous I was like I have no clue if this is going to happen did you think it would happen uh I I I I I I had hopes I had hopes but 
you know, because we had so many different points, man, at different times, and, and how, you know, uh, how man uh, have, have been able to manipulate certain parts of, you know, situations. You know, I, I knew when it happened, and that's when I really could believe that it happened. Hmm. That so, was a, a great excitement for me. But you had to see it to believe it. It was it was still because everything you had witnessed and lived through it was still very much right, right. intangible. Yeah. Right. Because, you know, we, we had the same man that we call President now that was trying to ruin that. <laughs> yes. You know? <sighs> and uh, you know, and it just and, and this I and I never did thought I would see him actually being a president, but then it happened. You know, I think it had to be, God must have got a plan for us when he allowed that to happen. There's got to be a plan for the nation. That's what I'm holding on to. I'm like, there has to be a plan for this. Um, Do you think that we'll ever see a black woman as president? Yes, I do. It's possible we had a black man. I do believe that we could have a black lady. And first, I would say, I would just say just a lady. Because, you know, it's more against, um, it's more against women, period, than it is, you know, color. That's, yes. When it comes to that position. That's so true. I remember um, reading something, I think I was reading something or watching an interview about Shirley Chisholm who said, that she experienced more sexism than she did racism when she ran for president. Mm-hmm. So, and that, and that is a factor. Yeah. Um, I want to go back just for a second, back to the civil rights movement. Um, did you participate in any of the protests or demonstrations? No, I didn't. Uh, I didn't. I did not participate in no open protest or demonstration, but I do remember of one incident that me and uh, my late husband, which is your uncle Alvin, had in West Palm Beach, Florida, when we went into a um, uh, a restaurant and sat at the counter. And, you know, uh, people started to, that was in the six, that was in 60. And, you know, and the if the people start sliding to one side and all this and that, you know, and whatnot. And we just sat there and, um, you know, and we got ordered what we had to order and we didn't stay there to eat it, you know, just left. Hmm. But I, I never got involved into none of the, you know, demonstration part. Yeah. At the, um, I don't know if you've been yet to the um, African American Museum in D.C., but... No, I, I haven't been there. I sure would like to go. Oh, we're going to have to make sure we fix that when we uh, get out of this pandemic. Because um, yes. it's an experience, and they have, um, they have an exhibit, sort of. It's interactive, where you get to sit at a lunch counter, and you put on headphones, and um, they play voices and sounds of the things that people would have been saying and they have like the sounds of a restaurant or sounds of a diner mixed in with it so you 
um, are getting to take in mentally because it's all through headphones, so it's like it's all stuck there, and you get to hear a little bit, and I don't want to say experience it because there's no way that I could ever experience, uh, but it, it was pretty... It was a moment that really just made you, or at least made me think and stop, and it took me a minute to get myself back together. So to know that even if you weren't demonstrating, you just went in to get something to eat, and that's what you had to right. go through. It was pretty graphic, huh? Yeah, definitely. It was very graphic, yes. Um, oh, yeah. That was reality, honey. So how did you survive this experiment called America? How are you currently surviving it? You know, I'm thinking about as black and brown people, we've not only had to figure out a way to make it through, but we've had to figure out a way to make it through and find our joy. How do you find joy? Well, my, my, I find my joy through my religious um, experience. And my my choice of uh, religious religion as I knew it uh, from the biblical point of view, because I learned that um, love have no color, and you know, and I learned that um, you know that God God's love is unconditional, and it's not it's not how someone else treats you, but it's how you, you treat them in return. And, um, you know, and this is, this is how I get through. You know, this was taught by my mom, you know, um, whenever we had a problem of any kind, and me and your Aunt Carrie, we laughed about it today, <laughs> that mom never took the responsibility for nothing uh, that we did that uh, she didn't teach us because every time we had a question, we asked go to her, thinking that we were going to have consolation because she gave the answer. Well, she would never be the one to give the answer because her her answer to your question would be, um, all I can tell you, honey, is to pray. Hmm. So she got it over her because she leave it up to us that we had to pray and trust God for that answer because she wasn't going to be one to give us that answer. <laughs> but I, I also so, love what you just said. I'm going to probably steal this one day when I have kids is that I'm not taking any responsibility for anything I didn't teach you. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, you know, she was, she was very, uh, a, a very humorous person. She, you know, she had a lot of humor as she remembered her and um she always would um you know would, would let us know that um uh, if, if we had a question on where you know on going any place or whatnot she would say well go ask your dad well you know we'd rather take a whipping than to go ask him <laughs> so you know that would get it over her again you know so this is uh, basically but i like i said i i get through um, life with, you know, believing in God and trusting in God for my leading of, you know, uh, through the Holy Spirit and on how to deal with people on an individual basis because, you know, you can't judge uh, uh, a, 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 a 
another person by somebody else. That's why you ha it has to be an individual way, you know? Because uh, if we think on hatred and things that have happened in the past, then it don't leave you no, no ground to love, you know, people as people, people as who they are, mm. you see. You have to love people as who they are and not, you know, hold them to something that I would say 99% of them had nothing to do with. You are speaking a word into my life right now. I've been in a space where I've been thinking a lot about, like, I feel such um, just disappointment and anger to, like, a general group. And I'm like, you know, and I'll say specifically, like, these days I'm just, I'm, I'm struggling a lot with, like, white people. But I have white friends. I work with white people. And I'm like, I don't hold them accountable for what everybody is doing and so I've been struggling like how do I get out of this mindset of generalizing this entire group of people not all white people are bad not all right. white people are out to get black people and I've been struggling because I've just been lumping all of them in together the same way that they lump us all together and just tell us right. we are well, that's, the same. that's the thing you know I would not want to be judged by what other black people did because it would not be fair to me. That's why I can't judge other white people to what other white people done. Hmm. Because it won't be fair to them as an individual. See, we have to see people as God see us. He holds each and every one of us responsible for our own sins and our own mistakes. So we can't hold another person, you know, in hostage or in hatred for something that they had nothing to do with. Right. Because we, we, you know, because I look on some of some of us as colors that have done some horrible things, and, you know, and even we ourselves would say that they were horrible, so we would not want to be judged of, uh, by them, which, you know, there are some white people that just put us all in one barrel, and, you know, and that's not all white people. Right. I'm going to I'm going to have to definitely meditate on that cuz that's that's something I need to work on right now. And it's new. It's new. It's all come out of like frustration and yeah. anger and sadness and disappointment. But I'm aware right. that it's happening and I don't want it to happen. Now, if we if, if we are and we believe in God and we believe that, you know, uh that his that he would want to be represented through us as you know, being a fair judge of people, then we, we, we are not able to do that unless we do it as God would do it. Hmm. You see? Yes. Because he, he gave us scriptures that says that, you know, if you expect to follow him, he said, liken yourself likewise. That means, you know, get yourself together to be just like I was, you know, or just like I am. So... You know, we have to we have to uh, look at it on that manner, or otherwise the hatred thing will just be like a merry-go-round. Right. Absolutely. <sighs> Thank you for that. <laughs> um, 
I want to ask you just a couple of quick more questions. Um, what do you think is uh, missing from the black community today? I think I was thinking about specifically, I was looking at a documentary about um, reconstruction and I was so excited. I was like, look at black people like banding together and only relying on each other as opposed to waiting for other people to come in and you know fix things or do things in terms of like laws and community and I was like I wish we could go back to that and I know it's very hard especially the way America is set up and I'm like I wish there was a time I wish we could go back to just us relying on each other for everything so that's something that I personally I miss um or I don't know if I miss it because I wasn't there during reconstruction <laughs> but I'm like but I wonder what what's something that you think is missing from the black community today well, um, I would say um, the black community is is number one. It's it's it missing of fam good family structure. Number one, hmm. you know, good family structure, and that and that, that means that you know, uh, wherein <clears throat> the family takes time or makes time to come together as a unit, and and you know, and 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 go into business, you know, uh, with each other because, you know, even with, with, with it being black, I, I see a lot of, a lot of people from other countries that can pull together and, you know, and become a business and, uh, you know, and they come into an agreement, then, you know, I would say you have the missing link of black families simply because, we have a lot of our young families, young young generation uh, in juvenile uh, because, you know, there is a lack of uh, father being in the home. And, you know, and that that that's what helps make a lot of families, gives a lot of family strength. Wherein, you know, uh, you got one, one parent, sometimes it's a father, sometimes it's a mother. But you have that one parent that has to work, you know, extra hours just to provide. And, you know, that takes away from, you know, being there to, to have dinner together or, you know, having breakfast together or whatnot. There's families that don't see each other for a whole week. Hmm. You know, there are children that just come in and out. Parents goes in and out. And the, the mother, if it's just a mother... She's concentrating on keeping her job so that she can be able to provide to pay the rent and, you know, to have transportation if some don't even have that, um, you know. And, and you know, when you leave that particular part of the black community, then you go to the other part where they, they are not business-minded, you know, because all they want to do is buy big cars and and. And big things, you know. Yes. When we when we start training our children the value of a dollar, and 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 training them how to save and invest, then you know we become people, you know that 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 have a change of, uh, uh, you know, have a change of plan. But wherein you take people that got the stimulus money, and I'll tell you. There were more big screens until the souls didn't have none left. <laughs> you speak on it. <laughs> okay. So now, with 
you know, if you don't know what to do with a dollar when you get it, you see, mm-hmm. a dollar never going to do you any good when you get it. Absolutely. So people have to start seeing where they are falling short and stop blaming color on everything. Racism on everything because racism has its part. I won't deny. Color has its part. I won't deny. But God knows we have our part because, number one, we allow ourselves to be sucked in to be classified. And when we classify ourselves, then you will leave nothing for the other man to do but just follow your instruction because you already said who you are and what you are and what you are about. That is that is so true. Yes. I mean I'm I know that on this podcast I'm definitely going to have folks come on and talk about finances, money educating ourselves around that because it's true we sometimes and this is not everybody but sometimes we just we like to see the things that we never had and we get a dollar right and then we get it but that dollar could have taken us so much further yeah yeah it it, it really accomplished something i mean you should see something that you you know that you did with uh got out of Every dollar that you spend, you should know how to give account sensibly for every dollar that you spend. I mean, I didn't always um, know it and did it this way, but I learned that this is the only way that you can leave from being where you are and get where you want to be. Hmm. Because as long as you still thinking in the hole, you gonna stay in the hole. Yes. But if you start thinking out of that box, then you will be able to come out of that box. So you got, and it, it takes more than that. You can't use the same pattern that got you in the box to get out. You got to reverse it. Yes. Yes. I love that. I need a t-shirt with that on it. <laughs> um. Now I want to ask you, what do you find beautiful about the black community? I'll tell you, what I find beautiful about the black community is when I see a black child that has excelled, whether it be in music or whether it be in um, business, education, but uh, that the beauty of seeing a black person that have made it from the ghetto and become some something else, not only did they become something great, but they came back to the community and give back and reach back where they've been as well and, and try to help somebody else out, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, of that spot so that they can say, I didn't just got out by, for myself, but I got out so I could be able to reach back and help bring my people out because this is what it's going to take because if there wasn't a Rosa Parks 
you know, um, that 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 made her decision one day, uh, and and didn't care what the consequences was, that she was going to come from the back. Then we all would have still perhaps been in the back. Hmm. But the beauty of seeing a black person in a community, and the community that's growing because of the help of other blacks that made it out of there and become somebody and not just, you know, want to be famous for themselves and, you know, and whatnot, but actually doing something uh, great in order to help, you know, beautify where you came from and, you know, and try to use yourself as an example. Not only did I made it out, but I came back. And that's what I what I would count as greatness for a black community. That is that is that is probably like the definition of what it means to be in community. You know, to yeah. to to not only support the community while you're there, but then to go off, see new things, do new things, grow, and come yeah. back and bring all of that growth to the community, so that the community right. can grow too. Yes. Yeah. Okay. My final question is, as someone who I consider a wise woman, an elder, someone we should all be listening to, what advice or what would you say to other generations about um, about how to thrive and to live well in America? Hmm. How to thrive and 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 live well in America? Well, I would say first of all, uh, when we want when we want to thrive, that means we want to do better than what we uh, have done in the past, and um, we want to be an example that somebody would look on our experience, our wisdom, and our lives, and say, uh, you know, oh, I want to be like so-and-so. I want to be like Miss so-and-so. Um, I would like to be like, you know, uh, like this person. Or I don't want to name names, but, you know, um, but you, you look, look, look for somebody with greatness, and, you know, I would say look up to that person to be an example for you to follow and try to follow detail to the things that they have done and that they have made accomplishment and try to, you know, to do it in that manner and pray and ask God to lead you and to guide you because he is the greatest leader, he's the greatest teacher, and he's the greatest uh, one that you can look up to in order to uh, bring you to greatness. So if you want to become, you know, memorably great, then uh, use yourself as an example, as one who depend on God for leading and guiding and teaching you the right way. Yes, amen. Amen. Well, Aunt Dolores, I thank you so much 
for giving your time and your wisdom and for letting us listen um, to your experiences and getting a little peek into your life. I, I so appreciate it. Well, I thank you so much for choosing me out of all your aunt, grand aunties to um, be the one to share some wisdom and experience with you. And I pray that God will bless each and every hearer that hears this um, uh, session uh, and that God may get the glory, but most of all, that they may gain something from something that I have said. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Once again, thank you so much, Aunt Dolores, for joining me for that wonderful interview. I hope all of you enjoyed part two. It is so important that we know where we come from, we know our history, that we honor, honor our ancestors, honor our grandparents and great-grandparents and aunts and uncles, honor all of those folks who made it possible for us to stand where we are today. And yes, we are standing in an imperfect world, in an imperfect country, with imperfect systems, but we are able to stand because of them. And so I am so grateful to my aunt for joining me for that interview. I'm grateful for you for listening to part two. I really, really hope you got something out of it. Y'all, that's my time. I thank you so much for listening today, for tuning in. And I wish for you that as you move through your week, as you go about your days, that you not only survive America, but that you thrive in America. Proverbs 31.8 says, Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those being crushed. We'll talk soon. Bye.